This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Hey, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Hey, this segment is sponsored by John Dillon and the Dillon Law Group. If you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call attorney John Dillon. If you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are legal in California and they're compliant, call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Call 760-642-7150, or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. And don't forget, folks, tune in to the YouTube live stream on your YouTube.com channel. Oh, backslash Gun Owners Radio. That way you can see us live and alive right here on in studio. And do us a favor and hit the like button and subscription button as well. And send it to all your friends. And learn to become a better self-defender with John Correa. Join us at Cover Your Asp, ASP, Ooh. week <laughs> in uh, March. So uh, learn with the best online or at a live training class. Links to uh, register are at the gunownersradio.com website. And we have a correction from last week. I think this is the first correction we've we ever made. made in the whole up, in the whole history of the uh, of the show. This is our first correction, uh, but it's 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 worthy. Maybe we should do a breaking news. Hey, uh, Brendan, you got a breaking news for us? Oh. <laughs> How about that? I like that. So our correction is last week I said that the first NRA, the, the first president of the NRA was uh, President Ulysses S. Grant. He was not the first, although he was a president. It was actually Ambrose Burnside. Ambrose Burnside, which sounds like the first president of the NRA. Yeah, Ambrose does. Burnside. Uh, so Zach Goldman corrected us. And uh, Zach, you're going to get a uh, hat in the mail. Uh, appreciate the correction. Anybody that corrects us, anybody that has a correction, please email us, info at gunownersradio.com, and we will consider admitting that we made a mistake. Not always uh, guaranteed. Consider. So that's not the only breaking news we have. Yeah. We also have, uh, so I don't know if you guys remember, but a few years ago, uh, they passed a whole slew of gun laws. And a bunch of people got organized and got together and tried to undo it before it before it got done. Um, and they called it veto. It was first off the slew of guns gun laws was called Gunmageddon, and their effort was called veto Gunmageddon. Sounds, sounds Italian. <laughs> so veto Gunmageddon, uh, who uh, is not an actual person, maybe we should start referring I I, to. I think it. I grew up with him. With veto Gunmageddon, <laughs> did you go to school with him? Yeah, I think I did. <laughs> Made a great. Give his sister. Yeah, so Vito uh, got super, super organized, put up a Facebook page. Everybody there on the Facebook page is listening to us. They have like 20,000 followers across the state of California. 
And uh, what they tried to do was get enough sign- signatures to basically at least stall, but hopefully undo all the all the laws. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work, but they did a fantastic job. So they're having a little bit of a change, and they asked if we would uh, if we would make the announcement, if we would make their formal announcement as to what exactly is happening. So nobody even knows what's happening. This is an exclusive, or as we like to call it, breaking news. I was sleeping on that one. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, here we go. Here's the statement from Vito. <laughs> to all our supporters, Vito Gunmageddon was started in 2016 by fellow patriot Barry Barami in response to a tidal wave of horrible gun laws, California gun laws, nicknamed Gunmageddon. We the people responded, and hundreds of followers soon turned to thousands in an attempt to stop those laws from going into effect. We proved through blood, sweat, and tears that we are doers. We gathered signatures, delivered petitions, and did the hard work that needed to get done. A lot has happened since 2016. Lessons have been learned. Battles have been won and lost. Barry Barami is moving on and has passed the veto gun Mageddon torch to new leadership. We have a new plan for our future that will refocus our efforts on what we are best at getting it done. There is no more important time in history for California gun ownership than right now. It is time to get to work. So let's see. Uh, What if we don't? Elected officials will continue to ban and confiscate. Gun owners will continue to be marginalized and vilified. In short, our right to keep and bear arms will be meaningless, will be a meaningless phrase and a footnote in history. That is why... Starting today, Vito Gunmageddon will act as a central location for pro-Second Amendment activity and events. Our posts will be fewer news stories and news articles. Instead, our posts will focus on... The suspense is killing me. Well, it's a turning of the page. You, get you, music again. you and them staples aren't getting along. We'll focus on information for <laughs> pro-Second Amendment California events and activities that you can participate in, help with, and attend. You now have the power to make success happen. We will rely on you to keep us informed. Need help with an event to teach new, new shooters? Let us know. Need people to show up at a city council meeting? Let us know. Know of a meeting that gun owners need to attend? Let us know. What do we need you to do? Commit to doing more this year than you ever have before to help preserve and protect the Second Amendment, our Second Amendment rights. Check on Vito Gunmageddon every week before you plan your weekend. Promote Vito Gunmageddon and tell your friends how important it is to get involved. Keep us informed about pro-Second Amendment events happening in your town. Vito Gunmageddon makes it uh, makes it easy for you to be informed, get connected, and get involved so we can see more political victories across our great state. Your right to keep and bear arms has been under attack for too long. Oh. <laughs> choose your own adventure and we must all do more to defend and restore our second amendment victory will not be easy it is only possible with your help no more excuses no more hand wringing no more complaining let's get after it and be the change we want to see thank you all so much for your support now let's get started sincerely veto gunmageddon and where do you go to find all this? So Vito Gunmageddon is a uh, Facebook page, and uh, it sounds like that they're they're really trying to concentrate on activities, trying to get people involved, which is uh, how they originated. So if you do a search on Facebook for Vito, V-E-T-O, Gunmageddon, that's with two Ds, 
G-U-N-M-A-G-E-D-D-O-N. Uh, across the state, what they're looking for is uh, more information on how to get involved. So they, uh, we reached out to them and, and spoke, and this is the first time this announcement and this change has taken place. Sounds like they're going to keep the same branding. They're going to you know, stay on Facebook and continue to thrive. Um, but what they're looking for from their followers is to let them know, hey, if there's something going on in your city, let it let Vito Gunmageddon know so they can post it and get more people and get more help and get more more effort. So is Vito Gun M A? Uh, so Gunmageddon's one word: G U N M A G E D D O N. Vito Gunmageddon. I'm on it right now. Let's see. Up oh, there it is. There it is. So Whoop, there it is. <laughs> so I think that's awesome. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was interesting. I think it's uh, that type of activity is exactly what. Gun Owners Radio and and uh, all the the gun owner organizations in Orange, Riverside, San Bernardino, and San Diego. That's what we're all about too. So uh, hopefully uh, this will help coordinate things across the state. It'll help uh, generate activity and it'll help make more more activities more successful. Yeah, it's just the kind of thing we were talking about in this week's blog article that we'll revisit here at the top of the hour. So uh, it will. And Gun Owners Radio, we look forward to supporting Vito Gunmageddon going forward. Again, there are people listening to this announcement, uh, probably listening to Gun Owners Radio for the first time. Welcome. You found a home. So check back in with us. If there's something going on, let us know. Uh, we look forward to uh, promoting and supporting Vito Gunmageddon and all the hardworking uh, folks. Also, a very special thank you to Barry Barami, who worked so hard on, on Vito Gunmageddon and uh, everything that, that they've accomplished. What a great guy. He lives here locally in Carlsbad, and he's a wonderful guy. So... So that's what's going on. Uh, stay tuned for the rest of the show. We're going to do all kinds of cool stuff. We're going to uh, interview uh, uh, all kinds of cool people. Bree Warner is up next, and uh, we're going to interview uh, um, all kinds of cool people. And we're going to have what, what are you reviewing for your product? Um, I'm reviewing a tank top and a hat from Primer and Co., which is a, like a, a clothing company that's focusing on two way. Um, clothing products. You're awesome. It's all, Interesting. All coming up. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. There's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. We are very proud to partner with the National Concealed Carry Association as a 10-ring partner. NCCA exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing a nationwide network of 2A advocates offer elite self-defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors, and they provide rock-bottom prices on the best selection of gear and accessories. You can learn more about them at nationalconcealedcarryassociation.com. All right, Michael, who is your special guest today? Well, before we introduce our special guest, big shout-out to Dr. Exotic, Ghost Hammer, and T-Capo, who are watching us on uh, YouTube right now live. Cool. So thank you, you guys for, for watching. Um so our first guest, who has been on the show before and is always, always, always interesting, um, is uh, Bree Warner. How are you, Bree? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad to be back on with you guys. How are you? Fantastic. So happy New Year. 
Happy New Year! It's been a, it's been quite the year already. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Yeah, we pretty much Can we uh, do a do over. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we hear that? I've heard that somewhere before too. Yeah, really. It's crazy. Exactly. It's just. I mean, I think we were all hoping to to escape 2020 and come into like a better 2021. And I don't know. It's uh, it's a lot of the Groundhog's Day. It seems like. Right. <laughs> so, what do you think of the first few weeks of uh, you know specifically what uh, what what was the craziest thing? Um, you know, I think, well, you know, I, I think what what I found to be probably the most shocking is just this rapid rush of social media silencing so many of the conservative voices. I think that should scare anybody. And, and, and you know, I, I sort of a walking contradiction in some ways in the sense that I'm in the 2A community and I work, you know, in, in various capacities in that community, but I'm also still working in entertainment. So I do vacillate between two very different worlds. And even the friends that I know and I work with in the in the world of entertainment that are definitely more left-leaning, I even explain to them, I'm like, it should concern you that social media has such that level of power that censorship has become commonplace now. That It's not just about, you know, deleting someone's post or, or putting them in Facebook jail for 30 days, but now they're literally taking away your right to have any opinion that differs from theirs. And it's like, you should be concerned about that because right now the attack is on conservatives. But at some point, that pendulum will swing the other way. And I think none of us are safe from that. And we need to really get a hold on that. So, Bree, what are what's the response of the left when you say that to them? Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. It, once in a while, you know, I think sometimes common sense will actually, you know, get through a little bit and they kind of can understand where, you know, they're starting to see that level of control over the population is not a good thing. And while right now it seems like it's in their favor because it's silencing the, the, the voices that they don't necessarily want to hear, but I do see that even they are kind of concerned with um, what such a, just a rapid overtaking of, of our society and where social media has that much power. And I think they're even seeing that as well. Uh, you know, and it, it's funny because, uh, especially living in New York and, and working here, it is amazing to me, you know, our, our local, our state government, obviously between our, our governor and, and plus those that live in the city with the with de Blasio, you can see how many of those that are typically more left-leaning are just disgusted at what how things are shaping up in New York. So it's kind of nice to see them kind of look maybe at a different perspective and, and sort of see that light of, Hey, you know what? This isn't you know this isn't good, and we we have a very much an overreach of government happening, at least in this state, especially. So, in your Second Amendment life, um, you do quite a bit on YouTube, social media. Um, have you been affected? I have. You know, I I joke with my husband constantly because one of the things that I've noticed most recently, in fact, is that. So, you know, obviously the point of any of us that work in, in the second, uh, you know, the two-way community and that we have our social media presence and things like that, you know, obviously we, our goal is to gain more followership, not from a perspective of like a popularity contest, but obviously we want to get the message out. You know, I work as an instructor, so for me it's really important to help advocate for people, you know, getting a training and, and really being more mindful of their ability to protect themselves. So for me, social media is I do always try to grow it. And one of the things that I've noticed recently is that just followership on, especially on Instagram, it seems as if that's being truncated. I I swear, like I look at the insights and, you know, for every notification that I might get for new followers, when I go to see kind of what that overall look is, when I look at the insights, 
there'll there'll be just as many, if not more, almost equal amounts of unfollows magically. And what I find really strange about that is in the past, I've actually had people reach out to me who have refollowed me because they said, you know what, my account actually unfollowed you. I never actually hit any button to wow. unfollow, but that's what's happening. And I'm, I'm very curious because I'm seeing that trend more and more with people in the 2A community where their, their followership is being very much impacted. Yeah, where I, they're just they're kind of at a stag, standstill and they're not growing, and it's very strange. I've heard some some similar and even worse horror stories. I uh, someone here locally, um, she's a vegan, and her whole Instagram presence is about being a vegan. And she had about twenty thousand followers, most of which were you know Southern California and, and specifically San Diego. And she a couple of weeks ago put up a, it's been about a month ago actually now she put up a few pro second amendment because she's very pro gun ownership and she put up a couple mm-hmm. of pro second amendment uh, posts she's basically locked out of her instagram and she had to start all over again a month later and there's nothing they will do nothing for her that's it done you know after and this was you know not her full uh full-time job but it, it complemented what she mm-hmm. done what she does for a living you know, this is basically her a bit uh, her ability to advertise so Bree, talk talk to tell everybody uh who you know people that aren't familiar what you do in this in the second amendment world sure so my background basically i work as a firearms instructor in the second amendment world um, but i also do work part-time in law enforcement and i kind of i came into law enforcement much much later in life this wasn't my primary profession you know going into the world like i said i i worked in entertainment and i still sort of vacillate in that world but you know at, at a certain point, you know, uh, a while back, my, my first husband had passed away. And I think I mentioned to this to you guys before, but for those maybe don't know. So my, my life sort of switched gears when my first husband passed. And it was very abrupt and very sudden. And for me, what it did is it, it kind of opened my eyes up to, you know, A, now I was totally on my own. I felt very vulnerable. And, and I, I needed to do something about that. And what was interesting is I was sort of introduced to firearms I started, you know, using them in my daily life. I was one of the few concealed, or not concealed carry, but, you know, I had a permit uh, in New York City, which was very unheard of at the Mm. time. And so for me, what it did is it gave me this sense of empowerment that now I was sort of able to take control of my own safety and I felt like I could protect myself. And in the process of doing that, I realized that there was such a huge market of women in particular that really wanted to get into um, you know, being the same way, being more mindful of their self-protection, becoming concealed carry holders. And for them, sometimes bridging that gap between where do I start and, and really feeling comfortable in those training environments. You know, look, the industry is it is very male dominated. And that's that's you know, it is, it's fine. It is what it is. But I think there are more and more women coming into the scene. And I think for a lot of those women, it was very daunting to them to go to like a very kind of alpha male sort of class environment and sort of feel like, you know, they were going to be looked upon as like, you're the weakest link. You're the woman in the room. You know, it's like, why do you need a gun? I mean, I've even had students who have literally gone to a a gun store and been told by the owner, like, oh, well, you know, why do you need a gun? You know, you you don't, you don't need a little gun. You're, you're fine, little lady. And to me, I'm not, I don't understand that. I haven't quite grasped why women haven't really been sort of invited into the industry just yet, but I do feel like they're starting to move in that direction. So for so, me as an instructor, that's so, been really important. And so what do you, how do you do, what do you do, um, you know, with, I've seen you on YouTube with some videos, I've seen the, you know, you, you have Instagram. What, what do you, what do you get across on uh, video and in social media um, in order, you know, second amendment related or try to move that, that uh, move that ball forward, I guess. 
Sure. Well, I think, you know, a couple of things. I mean, obviously, we know it goes without saying that I think for a long time, there women in the industry were sort of viewed as that the term, the gun bunny, you know, that wasn't sort of like a, a real quest to be a, a bona fide woman that was going to be, you know, getting into firearms to protect herself, to protect her family, taking it seriously and being taken seriously. And I think so the, the message that I've always tried to convey to women is that, look, first of all, you know, you got to get out there and you got to get good training. And, you know, whether you train with me or anybody else, you know, making sure that you're always constantly sharpening those skills. You know, don't, it's not just enough to take a single class and then feel like suddenly you're, you're the master of that. You know, it's always about improving yourself and really putting yourself you know, outside your comfort zone. And, and even when, the, when I teach women, I do a lot of, you know, women's only classes. I always tell them, like, this is fine to get you started, but I don't want you to ever become complacent in the idea that you can only feel comfortable training around other women. You need to get to a place where you can go into the room and maybe you are the only female in that class and you can hold your own and you're able to sort of do what needs to be done and feel confident. And so that's the thing that I always try to convey to a lot of these women is that you have to find a way to be confident and who you are and your pursuit, because this is your journey and it's going to look different than the next person next to you in a class, but you really got to put the effort in. You got to put the work in and, and find your community. I mean, I think for a lot of women, having other community of women that, you know, are shooters that are concealed carry holders for them, it's really important to have that kind of connection and it really does encourage them. So that's always something I try to, to you know, to express. I, you know, well. I think the, the gun bunny thing is kind of an issue. I think it's, I think it's a, when I say kind of an issue, I think it's a, I think it's a problem. Um, have you ever, yeah. have you ever ad- addressed it? Have you ever pulled anyone aside and said, Hey, you know, um, I, I don't think this is the best way to do it. Or have you ever tackled it in any way? You know, it, it's tricky because it's, you know, on one hand, what's interesting is that you know, the groups of women that I sort of matriculate with, we all have that same philosophy. The idea being that we want to be taken seriously, that this is not about, you know, showing skin. There's a difference between being, um, you know, you can still be, you know, sexy, but it, it doesn't, it can be classy. It doesn't have to be sort of this, you know, uh, you know, pushing the envelope, if you will, where then it's just become, it's less about the message. It's less about the gun world. And it's more about just, I, I need the attention of, you know, some male counterparts to, you know, out in the social media world. And so for me, you know, I have in the past, if there's people that, especially if I'm close to, and I kind of feel like, you know, maybe I have a little bit more wisdom. I'm 44. So at this point in my life, it's sort of like, well, I've been there. Oh, yes. There you go. Well, you know, and you know, like you've been there, done that. You know, I was 20 once and I know what what it's like to be, you know, 20. And you, you kind of make sometimes really poor decisions for yourself. And that's one thing I do try to do when I see, especially a lot of the younger girls coming onto the scene. And I feel like they're going in that direction where they feel like it's necessary for them in order for them to gain that attention that they've kind of have to go that gun bunny route. And I really try to advocate towards them that to not go that way. You know, yeah. that again, it's, I don't need you to be, you know, a saint where you're wearing a turtleneck in every picture, but at the same time, present yourself in a way that will empower not only yourself, but other women and, you know, what's your what's your target audience? You know, is it just about getting male attention or are you really trying to convey a message and hopefully maybe help other people? I mean, that's why so many of us, especially the women that are in the 2A community that are not gun bunnies, we really want to advocate that positive message and encouraging. And it's like 
that audience, you know, they're not going to Amen. Be, they're not going to respond to like right. Bug Bunny. Later. Amen to that. Hey, we're we're, we're going to talk. We're having a race. We're having a race to see how soon we can get in between Mike and I. Yeah, we just got to take a quick Bye. break, but we want to keep talking to you. I especially want to talk to you about your career in the entertainment industry. So stay tuned, everybody. Yeah, sure. don't go anywhere. All right, hey, this is Gun Owners Radio FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Well, the California assault weapon laws make it almost impossible to own an AR-style rifle. What's the solution? Buy a Cali key for your rifle. Cali keys converts any mil-spec direct impingement AR-15 or AR-10 into a bolt-action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you could afford with Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. And for those of you watching our show online, please hit the like button and subscription and send it to your friends. Hey, and did you hear about the Law Enforcement Training Scholarship? You can help an officer attend the Cover Your Ass Week or Training Week, um, as well as join some of the events yourself. So guess what? Supporters can also win a Glock from the Glock Store. So just go to our website, GunOwnersRadio.com. Click on the blue flag. Yeah. So we're talking with Bree Warner and uh, the multi-talented Bree Warner. And uh, I don't know if you heard in that last segment, but we're, we're getting uh, John Korea out here, Bree, and he's going to uh, do his. His training, and, and we're actually set up a, a law enforcement uh, training scholarship so that we can get um, some law enforcement professionals to take the training. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. And and I have to say, it's so needed. You know, I think a lot of the times, you know, one of the things that I always say, even in the law enforcement community, is that there's just not enough training. You know, it's, it's usually it's a budget issue, it's yeah. department issues, and it's so valuable for members of law enforcement to actually get out and do a lot of that training on their own. Uh, because it's, you know, it, it will absolutely save them in those scenarios. And I do feel like sometimes, unfortunately, a lot of departments, sometimes the training isn't as, as robust as you would want it to be and consistent. So that's a great opportunity. Especially the type of training that, that John Korea does. I think he does a fantastic job, as do you. Now, we were talking about how you are involved in entertainment. In fact, that's that's a gross understatement. You you have a career in entertainment. Yes. <laughs> I know it's very strange because it's like that's where I started and then now it's you know this the second half of my life to kind of you know still work in that world but now I have moved into to the 2A community as an instructor in, in law enforcement it's it's just very funny I look right. back at my life and I'm like wow it just it seems like such an adventure I know we have, we have worlds <laughs> colliding right here but I, I've exactly. definitely noticed when I when I go to uh you know when I when I google you and 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 did some research to see what we could talk to you about it really there does seem to be unless there's there are interviews and, and articles that I've missed it does seem to be that you're either two a or you're or you're an actor you know there are, there weren't a lot of exactly. things combining the two so let's combine the two um, what uh, sure. t- tell us a little bit about your career what now your first big role was so my first I would say big role uh, I I booked a, a guest star role on a show called Any Day Now um, back in like the early 2000s and 
that was was quite literally I just started. So I, I went to USC out in L.A. So that's that's my alma mater. I went there for film and television. And I was one of those really lucky people. I mean, there, there's just no other way to say it. Probably I wouldn't even say luck. I was really blessed. This, this was definitely a divine intervention, God said. But about a week out of college, you know, at that point, uh, somebody said, well, you know what? You need to get on a, a movie set. You just need to get experience on a set. So go and, and be a, a background performer or like an extra, basically. And so I was like, okay, I have no idea what that is, but that sounds good. So I, I went and I worked on my first film. Uh, it was called Idle Hands. And I was just a background performer, like no lines, just literally in the background. And what ended up happening is on the day they had to reshoot a scene and they did not have enough time to call the original actor. And it was just a couple lines, but they pulled me aside and said, you know, can you say these couple lines? And I did. And I said, great, you're hired. And literally (laughs) I got upgraded from, you know, a background performer to a speaking role. What that meant was I actually got the coveted Screen Actors Guild card. So I was able to join the union. So I it was just like kind of the beginning of this sort of life of Riley in a lot of ways where. Um, I was just really fortunate. And so uh, going back to your question, I about probably about six months out of graduation, I, you know, I had a manager at the time and started auditioning for a lot of episodic television and booked my first guest star role. And then things just kind of kept going from there. And that, that the big role, though, the big one that you're known for, the, that first big role was on a show called iCarly, right? Oh, yes. I. You know what's funny is I'm I'm probably recognized most from iCarly. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of across the board between, um, you know, adults and kids. You know, it's, it's very funny, especially the kids and then a lot of adults. Because iCarly was, is one of those shows where it's, it's very tongue-in-cheek. And I think a lot of parents enjoyed it just as much as the kids did. And so usually there's, you know, there's a lot of common ground with that. But no, that show was amazing. Uh, that was, I, hands down, probably one of my favorite favorite gigs and so you're um you know you went to usc you you know studied uh film um usc is a heck of a school to do that i mean that's that's pretty big time you know that's uh it's not a you know junior college in the midwest uh you know learning how to work a camera i mean that's that's pretty big you know so was i'm assuming this was something that growing up this was a, a passion of yours and something you you wanted to do what well, certainly doesn't sound like it was something you fell into it sounds like something uh, that, that you pursued I did. Well, you know, it's so funny, though. And I do think that sometimes life comes full circle. And what I mean by that was when, you know, I was always interested in acting. And, you know, when I was in middle school, high school, I was always involved in the theater program and things like that. But as a career, I think at the time, you know, my my mother, you know, she worked, she was civilian working for, for the government. And so I was already kind of in that world. And quite frankly, I was actually contemplating, I, I was starting to look into going to the Air Force Academy. Um, I actually wanted to go into a a complete military life. And, you know, at the time there was, it was kind of moving in that direction. And my mother, I was an only child. My mother, I think was sort of like begging me, please, like, don't do this to me. Like, you know, is there anything else you'd be interested in? And sort of at the 11th hour, I kind of just did a whole, you know, 180 degree turn and thought, you know what? I've always loved acting. I guess probably I never really thought at that point that I could make a career of it, but my mother was so encouraging of it and was really supportive. So I thought, you know what? okay, fine, let me, let me see what happens. And I quite literally only applied to USC and UCLA. I was very determined I was going to get to LA. At the time, I was living in Orlando, Florida. And I was like, those are the only two colleges I'm going to go to. Um, you know, and so I applied to both of those. I have to say, again, really, really blessed. I got accepted to both. Um, the difference was it was actually less expensive for me to go to USC uh, because I was, I was given a massive grant. I was given 
almost a full ride to USC, wow. which so, again was like complete divine intervention. So you're in LA, you're working your way through, um, you know, you're having a lot of success. Uh, you know, I, most, most, uh, folks that try acting don't get anywhere near what, what you've done. So, um, that's amazing. And at some point you transition into, into law enforcement. How did that happen? I did. So here's the funny thing, like, you know, life imitating art, I suppose. Um, uh, it got to a point where I actually started to, the older I got, especially, um, I started getting more involved in a lot of sort of detective roles and, you know, police officers and things like that. And so I ended up doing a movie called Officer Down with James Woods and Stephen Dorff, and I, I played a detective with them. And that was probably the beginning of me getting really curious because I did a lot of research for the film. And I was fascinated, I was fascinated by that world. I, I think it was kind of reminiscent of, you know, back when I was in high school and I was potentially thinking about joining the military. And, and I kind of awoken uh, that interest in my mind. And when my, like I said, when my, my first husband passed away and I started looking at my life in entertainment and to be quite honest, I, I love working as an actor. I'm so grateful for it. And I still do it, you know, here and there. I'm very selective, but you know, one of the things that I felt about acting was it felt very self-serving. It didn't feel like a profession that really gave a lot to society. And, and, you know, and I guess people can have a different perspective on that. But for me personally, I just felt like I wanted to do more with this next chapter of my life. And so knowing that I had previously an issue, uh, interest in military, I had interest when I was researching for these detective roles. And I thought, you know what, let me let me explore this. It, it might be totally crazy, but let me just explore this. And, and I did. And I really found myself getting genuinely excited about this prospect and, and found and, an opportunity that I can do part time. So it's great. I have a best of all worlds. Yeah. And you're law enforcement. You're a law enforcement officer. You slap cuffs on bad guys and yeah. read them their <laughs> rights and, you know, and, uh, you know, dramatically take your sunglasses off and say something cliche. Yes, exactly. like, Yeah. Right. OK. So uh, when you were when you were a kid, I, I, I gathering that, you know, yeah, you're pro Second Amendment and everything, but you also uh, appear to be at least uh, conservative leaning or right leaning. Is that is that accurate to say politically? Yes. You know, it, I, again, life being like sort of this full circle, I have to say I was probably my most authentic self when I was in high school. In high school, every morning at the time, Rush Limbaugh had his, his <laughs> television broadcast show. Every morning when I was getting ready for school, I would watch him. And and you know what? My, I wasn't raised in a political household. In fact, I don't we rarely even talked about it. But I would hear his message and I just I tuned in and I'm like, I love what this man is saying. And, and I was, you know, I was probably discovering who I was as a human being. But this we're talking when I was like 17, 18 years old. And so it's funny because when I went to USC and, you know, you're going to this college and, of course, in the liberal world and especially liberal arts world, you start hearing a lot of these other influences. But I was always quietly conservative. And I think at the time I just wasn't emboldened enough to be open about that because that just wasn't the circle of world that I was living in. Uh, but then, you know, as you, again, you get older and you become a little bit more confident in who you are. You kind of don't care what people think about you. And that's when I became more and more open about my beliefs. I'm like, I've always been this way. Any friends of mine that were like, well, what happened? You changed. I said, no, I've always been this way. I'm just now making it known. And, and I'm really happy about that. And I hope more people do that. That's funny. So you and I are about the same age. We are, we are the same age. And so we were at the same yeah. time in, in high school that the, this would be the mid eighties or excuse me, or mid nineties, early, early nineties. Yeah. there. We're both listening to Rush Limbaugh. I remember reading his yep. books in high school <laughs> 
And then we both did the, the, the next logical step. We moved to California. I moved to San Francisco, which is, of course, what you want to do if you're a conservative kid, right? I mean, oh, that's, yes. had no idea what was going on in San Francisco. <laughs> so you, you, you said you're now being a little bit more vocal about it. How was it, though? Did, were, were there times you really had to kind of throttle back and say, you know what, I, if I'm going to make a career in acting, I can't talk about this? Yes and no. I mean, I definitely saw the more open and vocal I became about things. You know, unfortunately, I was one of those folks that had everybody in my world on my friend list on Facebook, agents included. And the more open I I began speaking about things, I definitely noticed there was a little bit of a weird vibe sort of put my direction. Sometimes I felt like maybe I wasn't, you know, as a client at the agency, I wasn't always getting service, you know, quite like maybe everybody else was. And I definitely noticed that sort of pushback. But, you know, I, I kind of put it out there where I thought, you know, I'm not going to change who I am. I'm not going to dial back, like you said, in the sense that this is who I am. And take it or leave it. If you know me well enough and you respect me, then your respect is going to stay that way. You know, and if you're sort of a fair weather friend where, you know, your opinions about me will change that dramatically based on my political leanings, then I really don't have the time or the energy to have someone like that in my world. And I just kind of started slowly just letting people fall away. You know, they, they unselected themselves and in, in how I like to say it. Um, you know, I would never unfriend. And I was always one of that, per- that person that was like, look, I welcome contradictory ideas. I welcome, you know, uh, a, a dialogue about, you know, opposite views. I don't mind that. I've never been you know, afraid of that. But again, if you are not willing to have adult conversations about things and you have to sort of cut people off because you don't agree with them, then I, I don't need that level of immaturity in my life. And I just kind of let people sort of fall on the wayside. So awesome you know, it's job. Been interesting. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not cutting you off because I, I, I disagree with you. I'm cutting you off because we got to go. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> awesome no, job. Awesome job. Bree Warner, extremely awesome. Thank you so much. How do people find you? Uh, so you can find me. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram under Tactigal Inc. Uh, I also have a website called TactigalInc.com. So any of those methods. Thank you, Bree. All right, folks, you're listening to Gun Owners Radio right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. This is Gun Owners Radio, and we are proud to have Seal One as our sponsor. Clean the lube and protect your gun faster and easier with Seal One. Seal One CLP Plus is an all-in-one solution that cleans, lubricates, and protects your guns. It's all natural, non-toxic, and environmentally friendly. Seal One was founded by a Navy SEAL here in San Diego, and all their products are made in the USA. Seal One is also a strong supporter of San Diego County gun owners, so we are very proud to have them on board. Clean your guns faster and better with Seal One. Use the code GOR25 for a 25% discount off your first order on the website at SealOne.net. All right, folks, UCSD Marksmanship Club had a meeting on Friday featuring Gina Roberts talking about LGBT gun ownership and the DC project. We think it's great to see college students taking interest in the shooting sport and their Second Amendment rights. So shout out to the UCSD Marksmanship Club. We love supporting our like-minded groups, like by providing prizes at the meeting. One of the students from the meeting is going to win a SEAL-1 kit 
right now. Woo-hoo. The winner is Brandon. Rich will provide that name. No, I got it. I'm just waiting for a, a drum roll or something. Oh. We're not getting a drum roll. Maybe we, what is beep. that? What was that? Fail. I, I thought I said drum roll. Sorry. <laughs> so he hits a beep. All right. Yeah. Needs more training. Daniel Yang. Hey. This here for Daniel Yang. <laughs> All right. So he wins a seal one kit. All right. That and, was awesome. Uh, we'll reach out to him and give him his great gift. Eventually. Eventually. After... <laughs> That was eventually awesome. After Joe, <laughs> after Joe finishes using it and making sure it works. All right. Who our, you got? Our next outstanding, extremely interesting, fantastic guests are Haiti and Josh from Pro America 360, and they're going to talk about Pro America 360, which is uh, launching, um, and tell us all about uh, what it can do for us and how to get involved. So, Haiti, Josh, you guys there? We are. Yes, sir. Welcome to the show. Him. Yeah, first off, thanks for all you do, Mike, and thanks for us allowing us to come on and talk about what we've put our passions into these last couple of years, and, and then thanks for the buildup for our big launch. You bet. I'm excited about it. So uh, tell everybody, what ex- what is Pro America 360? Pro America 360 is a place that you can find conduits to do business with throughout the entire community. I decided a few years ago that for the, the health of my soul, I was going to try to do as much business with people that were, loved America just the same way that I do. Mm. And as soon as I made that decision, I just kept getting blessed. And every interaction and the stress fell away, and I really enjoyed myself. And Haiti and I wanted to give back to, to our country for all they've given to us. So we painstakingly spent the time and learned all the background and what it takes, and we launched ProAmerica360.com where you can go on and find everybody from the auto mechanic to the, your favorite restaurant to your chiropractor to your accountant. You get the idea. Yeah. But basically, we want to bring everybody in there that loves this country and wants to do that second kind of vote with our dollar. Also, the ballot, but more importantly at this point, the dollar. So who would? So it's a it's a resource for people. If I want to find some kind of service, or I'm looking to buy or hire somebody that that type of thing, I need you know a plumber, or a CPA, or a lawyer, or whatever. Um, I would go to Pro America 360 and do a search and see if you guys have somebody in that field. Um, but what? Why would I do that? What about me and my politics would make me want to go to to uh, Pro America 360? We're trying to shy away from the whole politics, the whole genre and the whole sphere of that, especially given current events and, and the, the near past. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're red, white, and blue. We want to have members that are – I'm sorry, I messed that up. It doesn't matter if you're red or blue. We want to have members that are red, white, and blue. There we want to focus on, on unity and rebuilding what we used to have. Nice. Okay, describe that. What, what did we used to have? What, talk, talk to me a little bit about that. Well, we, we, we were founded on a pivotal document that gave us an advantage that no other country ever experienced, and we, we were able to benefit so much ourselves that the rest of the world benefited, everywhere from planes, trains, to automobiles, to medical science, and every innovation you've seen. That comes from the freedom that we were all granted. So what if someone's listening right now, how would they get involved? I, I can answer that for you, Excellent. Mike. All so, right, Haiti, go yeah. for it. Yeah, our platform is a call for action for all American patriots. Consumers can help, just the way Josh mentioned, 
can vote with their dollar every day and support those businesses that hold true to their same values. They can sign up for a free account. I encourage others to do the same. Let us help your community grow into a stronger, better network by finding and hiring those businesses. And if anyone's out there looking to make any extra income uh, or help move their favorite charities forward, we can partner that way up too. You know, sign up to become an affiliate. You know, you can earn up to $150 for each business sign up. We have a third-party company that will provide you in real-time earnings, uh, pending orders, all the tracking needs. And you can take that as income, or if you like, we'd be happy to donate on your behalf to any 501c3 charity of your choice on a quarterly or yearly basis. And then to the business owners who are listening, you know, on ProAmerica360.com, you can list your business and give Patriots the opportunity to, to find you because you know, it's, it's not easy starting and maintaining a small business. Your family depends on you. If you have employees, you know, their families depend on you, too. It's a lot of responsibility. And as a small business owner, you have the right not to take down your American flag decals on your truck or, or be subject to just sit there and smile to certain customers in a passive conversation that not only talk down to your values but ridicule them as well. Whether they know or not what side of the fence you're on, what they do know is that you're not going to hold them accountable because you have to deal with them. Well, I'm here to tell you, you don't. It's okay. Proudly display that American flag decal. There's a stronger, bigger, and better community out there that will happily do business with you. So for business owners, you can go on our site, go to ProAmerica360.com, register your account. Add all of your business information. Take advantage. We have an independence promo right now where you can get up to six months free of your year subscription and use the promo code SDCGO. You're welcome, Mike. Hey, <laughs> I know that. I know those initials. There it is, right? To, to, get, those, to get that additional 25% off. We, well, awesome. we really do believe in our heart that we are stronger together. And everybody, all patriots, can be involved. Okay, so if you're a business owner and you want to reach out and say, hey, I am someone who's a proud patriot, um, uh, so come do business with me, go to Pro America 360 and, and, uh, and check out the offers that you guys have in order for them to uh, you know, be promoted on, on, on Pro America 360. Or if you're someone who really wants to make sure they're doing business with someone who supports patriots, who supports America, who loves the red, white, and blue, um, then go to Pro America 360 and create a free account and uh, and look around and see you know hey you know is there somebody on here that you know can paint my house or cut my lawn or file my taxes or you know all these different uh, services that we uh, that we do every every year right is that is that summing it up pretty well yeah and there there's so many cool organizations and businesses out there that. Uh, I don't know if it's, it's we just don't think about looking for businesses that way or maybe we just you know aren't doing our due diligence. But it, one great example is a, there's a cell phone company called Patriot Mobile, and they've been around since 2013. And every time I bring it up, people are like, I, I had no idea. There is a restaurant in Julian called Heroes. And it is a restaurant based on giving back 
to all of those who helped and protect and serve our country wow. and our police officers and et cetera. So there's a lot of really cool, awesome companies out there. And our, our job is just to bring them all together in one place to give Patriots opportunity to, to be able to utilize their services. That's awesome. All right. So check out ProAmerica360.com. Josh, Haiti, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. Hi, right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone. And unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. If you have taken training, then you know you should have coverage for the legal battle after your self-defense battle. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. Guess what? Gun Owner Radio listeners, get a free T-shirt when you join. Use promo code GUNOWNERSRADIO at uslawshield.com. And if you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor. Hit that like button and subscribe button as well. And tell as many friends as you can. All right, we got Joe Dramisi, and I guess this was a blog you did this week? It is. Or are was, you a Nazi? Is. No, am I a Nazi? Yes, and are you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, the whole thing, uh, you know, got started here with, uh, you probably heard of Nate, Nathan Fletcher last week yeah, or so. Yeah, called us a Nazi. Yeah, Ooh. pretty much uh, Pretty much anyone who uh, thinks Governor Newsom is doing a bad job and maybe should be recalled. Apparently, we're, we're being controlled by mm. neo-Nazis and um white right-wing extremists and uh supremacists. Well, he's up to a million he's and, got a million uh, of them already there you go and uh you know it's just i'm sick to death of being called an extremist and a racist and a nazi and all these other things so i you know i thought i'd write about this we can throw it out there and ask hey am i a nazi these are some of my i listed some of my opinions here in the article and uh you know i said hey these are some things i think and i believe and you know am i a nazi you make the call and I did trigger a Trump hater on uh, on our Facebook page. And, oh, did you? Yeah, and then, well, Michael smited him after a couple of exchanges. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's the same because one of the things, you know, I believe uh, one of the things that I listed is, um, you know, the election fraud. I, I believe there was massive fraud in the election. I don't, I don't know if it was enough to actually change the outcome. Of course but, it was. 
Yeah, I probably think it was, but I mean, I didn't say that. I just, you know, I left it open. But I, it should have at least been investigated. And, you know, that's something I believe. So does that make me a Nazi? You know, does that make me a this uh, guy said a conspiracy theorist and stuff like that? It's just, you know, if you well, believe. that's their favorite words to, to cover over all this. Well, and that's where I was going. And, and this has been, this is not anything unusual, you know, from Fletcher. I mean, this has been coming from the left and from Democrats because they're, it's kind of it's hard to separate the two terms now, um, you know, for a long time, especially the last four years. Anybody that disagrees with any of their positions, then you're a Nazi, you're a racist, a racist, you're a white supremacist, you're a homophobe, you know, a million different names. And I, I linked a couple of things in the article because you could find examples all over the place. Uh, Nancy Pelosi telling people they should call law enforcement Nazis, um, the the other idiot from New York, the uh, AOC. Um, uh, <laughs> you have to idiot from New York. You have to yeah, narrow that down. way down. Yeah, there's a lot to cover there, my friend. But um, you know, if you disagree on her ideas on the border, on an open border, which you know, oh, I don't yeah. think we should have an open border. No way. Um, but I'm a Nazi because of that. So you know, I thought I'd ask the question, and you know, and the other thing is, how did we get to this point? Because you know, gun owners have been seeing this for a long time. I mean, they've been they've been demonizing guns and gun owners for 50 years. And we Longer don't, than that, they've been demonizing guns probably for as long as we've had guns. Yeah, no, and that, that's true. Yeah, you're probably people. right. Yeah, the certain same group that, that right. we still have the right. problem with. And um, it's the pro one of the things in our case anyway is we haven't really responded or, set, responded or said a whole lot. And so now we're in a position where if you're a gun owner, you know, you have to fight from behind now. You have to... Uh, um, you know, like Bree was saying, you can't mention things in the mm -hmm. workplace. You know, you can't, once this COVID stuff is over, you go back to work, you can't tell your colleagues, hey, yeah, we were at the range this weekend, we did this or that, or I shot a match, or I did that. You know, and, and this is because we let it go. And you see the same thing in the um, the political world. Like the, the comments that Nathan Fletcher made, I mean, there should have been outrage over that. And, you know, I look, uh, you know, San Diego County gun owners spoke up and called for his resignation. Yes, we did. And, you know, San Diego County gun owners, Michael was the first to do that. Well, behind um, Carl. Carl DeMaio Carl, was first. But, okay. yeah, we, we happily agreed and, and did that immediately. And Carl DeMaio spoke up, which is really how it should be. And um, the kid from the, uh, was it, the Young Republicans from yep. UCSD? Col college Republicans from UCSD. And that's about all I've seen. And, and that's why I was so just angry with this stuff. You know, we have... We have two supervisors who will remain nameless, two Republican supervisors, though, at the county level, not a word, not a peep. And and that's the problem, you know, and and, you know, wondering what the solution is, because it's it's um, it's easy, especially for me too. my tendency is to say, ah, the heck with it and not say anything. And that's exactly the wrong approach. And people need to be speaking up. And like uh, that's why this, we couldn't have planned this show better. The last two guests that we had on here are exactly the kind of Americans I'm talking about. And what really needs to happen, I think, going forward now, is we, we really need to get rid of what what I was called the swamp Republicans, I guess. These people that just are not going to support the country and you know not stand up for the values that they claim to stand up for. And speaking out against these things, the um, you know, I think what what needs to happen is starting now and going forward to the next election, we need to get rid of the swamp Republicans, and we need to replace them by, again, what I'm calling MAGA Republicans, for lack of a better term. But Republicans that are really going to stand up, because if we're going to stop this kind of stuff that's going on now without violence or anything like that, we need the politicians and we need that political party to stand up and start doing something. 
So but, you'd be surprised at the amount of effort I'm having to put in. Uh, so Chris Rodriguez up in Oceanside. Yeah, I think I'd be surprised, but <laughs> yeah, uh, Chris Rodriguez up in Oceanside. He's a city council member. He 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 came out publicly and condemned uh, Nathan's uh, statement. And you're going to see more people this week and next, um, you know, make uh, their statement to condemn what he said. Um, but you're gonna you're you're gonna not hear a lot of people. I, I mean, it, it's like pulling teeth trying to get uh, elected officials to criticize. Um, what Nathan Fletcher, another elected official, said when he called, you know, everybody participating in in a in a recall, uh, you know, a Nazi, a white supremacist, you would be, you wouldn't be shocked. You'd be extremely disappointed, frustrated, and angry at how how hard I'm having to push uh, elected officials to hurry up and make a statement. What um, are they? What are their responses? They're, no, <laughs> just no. Not and, with and, any, not not with any excuse or no, you know, because if a Republican would have said that, it's all it, hell would have broke loose. Well, yeah, the other side's way more organized, um, but uh, you know, when it comes to to that sort of thing, but it's it's a uh, it's kind of a short sighted. Well, gee, do you think he's going to step down? You know, I don't think he's going to step down. Well, that that's almost. I mean, ultimately, yeah, that's the, that's what we're looking to do, but. Do it because it's the right thing to do. I mean, if you don't want to, you know, at least come out and condemn the statements. If you don't want to ask for his resignation, at least come out and say, "Hey, that's not that is not representative of the people that elected me in." And, and I, I condemn the, that statement. Well, Getting see, him to do it. Is well, a let point me let me just question. You've done this a couple of times, and I've never under quite understood it. And it, and you and you've said it that the left is more organized. Yeah. What does organization have to do with hatred? Uh, what I'm saying is if there is a message that needs to get out there. So ideally, I would love every elected official, not just Republicans, uh-huh. but every elected official to come out and make a statement and say, hey, you know what, Nathan Fletcher, we disagree with So you're basically your, saying your if they make a statement, all of them stand behind that statement. If, if they push a button and say, hey, you know what, our narrative this week is, is. or our uh, target, true. this is the person we're going to attack – and they, they they push a button and boom, and everyone is exactly right, right. Line. Yeah, you're right. And you hear it over our and side, over and over again. Yeah. It's impossible. I, I say our side. I'm not a Republican. I'm, I'm not a Republican. I'm no, not a Democrat. You'll appreciate me, by the way. I got my letter from the Republican <laughs> Party for for donations, and I got my re, my letter from California Republican Party, and I took my envelope, took everything out of it, and wrote a really nice letter, stating until you support my rights, my Second Amendment rights, and my ability to live in California slash the other one with the United States until you stand behind me and my rights and my family's rights, I will no longer support you. Put we'll the see. envelope in there, and just put drops and, it in the mail. And, and that's what has to happen. And, um, you know, like I was saying, the with Nathan Fletcher's comments, you know, when I was critical, and I'm still critical of the other two supervisors that I'm not naming, um, but they, uh, you know, I were the constituents of those two guys, and we were attacked and called Nazis and all these other things. And I at least defend us. That's what you're supposed to be up there for. Well, why wouldn't you name them? And um, I named them all last week, but I'm extremely bugged with Joel and uh, Joel Anderson. And, you know, just for that, because the two resolutions they, they supported, because, again, they're, they're Democrat talking points, and they could have stood up. But again, they're afraid they'll be criticized if they do, so they don't say anything, and that, you that's Joel? a problem. So uh, I haven't spoken with with Joel or Jim specifically about this. My hope, my strategy, is to get more people around them involved in order to uh, so that they can kind of catapult on that. You bring know, bring them on radio. 
Well, I'm yeah, trying to, like I said, I'm trying, to, radio. I'm trying to get some. <laughs> That's not know, going to go well. Trying to get some, I have some pieces in place and a very specific reason. What I'm more disappointed in is um, that they aren't getting the cover they need to come out and make a statement. Uh, so by by city council members, mm-hmm. mayors mm-hmm. who are telling me, oh, gee, golly, gosh, squishy, squishy. I don't know. Yeah. But what I, I'm telling you, you're going to see in the next couple of weeks, you're going to see more. Um, I wish it didn't take this level of effort to an encouragement, but. Let's see what it needs to do, and and it needs to get Americans wound up because that, you know, with Trump had what a good seventy-five million, probably a hundred million Americans solidly behind him, and I don't want to lose that momentum, and that momentum should hopefully shift to the Republican Party, assuming they're going to stand up and do what they need to do. So that's the hope. Okie dokie. So this is Gun Owners Radio FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. O-P-R-M-I-Mortgage, and if you're looking to buy or refi, or if you're considering a reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all of all the mortgage needs. Give Chris a call at 619-722-1303 or just go to primeres.com slash alpine. All right, we got Melissa Lee back in the house. We haven't seen her in a little while. And she has got an amazing gear review. Melissa, welcome to the show. Hi. You know, it's been so long since I've seen you guys. It's nice to see you again. Yeah. So um, today I am doing a um, gear review for Primer & Co. to a clothing company. Um, It is a woman-owned business and a very nice young lady. Um, Her name is Mary Dixon. She owns it, and she's a mother. Um, Her and her husband run this company, um, and she does everything from top to bottom. So it's, she's solo. So I love what she's doing. I think that more women should be highlighted in this industry, in the gun industry. And I think that it's kind of like my job to get these people out here and, you know, highlight the women that are in this gun, this gun industry. Because, like, we're not, you know, we have a hard time trying to get noticed in this and taken seriously in this business you know and that's like the what i was going to say when uh, brie was on here the best way to get rid of that that gun bunny thing is to outshoot the heck out of the people that are saying that and <laughs> that's uh, lots true. of women can do that <laughs> that's true oh you know what and mary can do that because i think mary does three gun right mary yeah i do <laughs> well, i can <laughs> so mary tell us about your company and how did you like come about this company and how did you get your start with guns Okay, so um, I started Primer & Co. in 2019, and um, I wanted, I noticed that a lot of people weren't talking about guns. A lot of people were arguing about guns, but not really having a conversation. So I wanted to have um, some clothes and shirts that had subtle um, to a designs and stuff and uh, to have people 
look at it and say, hey, what does that mean? Or um, I don't get that joke. And to spark a conversation of um, gun ownership, like one of my shirts says, um, have a grand day. I love instead that of grand. I yeah, love that so shirt. a lot of people are like, um, your shirt's spelled wrong. What does that mean? <laughs> like, is that on purpose, on accident? They don't get it. They don't get it. And so you have the opportunity to talk about um, about guns and gun ownership in a non non confrontational way. Right. So, so uh, I'm wearing one of your shirts right now. Your tank. It's the Glockadot shirt. Someone stand up. Glockadot. I get it. Like polka <laughs> dot, but they're yeah. Glocks. All right, it's an it. awesome tank top. It's got gold <laughs> Glocks all over it, like polka dots. And then also, see this, guys. This is a um, a ponytail hat that Mary made. Um, a big hole up at the top so that when women wear this hat, they can do the high ponytail and not look, you know, ridiculous with a low ponytail when they stick their ponytail <laughs> through the bottom of a regular hat. So I love this hat. Don't have to, yes, I love yeah, this hat. Don't have it says to adjust your hair or anything. Yeah, and then primer and co on the, the edge of your hat. I really like that touch too. So I do love your products the shirt or the tank top is really soft the hat is well made and i like the distressed look it looks like it's a little bit worn out there but it's not perfectly new um yeah. so, <laughs> so also i wanted to ask you too as new gun owners what like what do you think about new gun owners and kids and guns because you're a mother and you talk a lot about this yeah. So I think the first thing is that you have to teach gun safety. That's what my dad taught me when I was young. And um, and if you're carrying with kids, you have to make sure that your gun is secure. Um, if that's on your belt, uh, that your holster can't pull out or you can't get kicked or grabbed by little hands. So safety is definitely the number one concern with parents and kids because like kids are so unpredictable you have no clue what they're going to do next or what you'll be in trying to get them out of whatever they're in so having a gun secure and following the safety guidelines really important we know it's interesting now mary too because i think the the environment is different because you know being older being older than Michael anyway. Hey. Um, you know, when I was a kid, we all grew up hunting. All my cousins hunted, my friends hunted, and you, there were guns everywhere. If I went to my cousin's house, because um, my aunt and uncle hunted with them, uh, you open the uh, closet in the hallway and there'd be a stack of shotguns in there. And nobody, I'm you know, sure. we were kids. We never thought to go in there and play with them or pull them out or do anything with them. And part of that is because we all knew about them. I mean, we were all... You know, the parents you have taught an education. Kids. Yeah, and it wasn't a mystery. It wasn't hidden. You know, mm -hmm. today, now that it's been pushed out, essentially, of society and the uh, the schools and everything, it's um, I think it's a lot more dangerous. You know, I would not do it. If my kids were young now, I wouldn't do it that way. I would still keep everything locked up. But, I mean, it was, mm -hmm. you know, things have changed. But, um, but yeah, it's interesting how that environment's different now. 
Yeah, but you were told yeah, when you were a kid, if you went in that room and pulled a gun out, you may not walk oh, right for that, the rest that of your was, life. That was implied, but yeah. I mean, we still never thought to do it. Right. <laughs> so, Mary. Our kids are early. But, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I wanted you to um, mention what you have for our listeners, too, as well. And then also tell us um, the name of your website. Okay. Um, the website is primerandco.com, and we have a 20 20- Person off a coupon code for your listeners. Um, gun owners 20 is the coupon code. And we can give away a free uh, T-shirt or hoodie of their choosing. All you have to do to, is sign up for um, the um, the newsletter, and then we'll pick a winner. Um, all right. So I have another question, too. How did you get into two, the two or in three gun? I think it's three gun that you do. Uh, yeah, three gun. Um, well, my husband started into it and, um, it was after our first kid. He was like, Hey, I think you would enjoy this as like a time away. And so I went to my first match. It was like, it was dead cold. It was so cold. Like my, I couldn't feel my fingers, but I I had a lot of fun. I hate that. It seems like it's harder to shoot a gun and pull the trigger when your hands are freezing. It's so much harder. Oh, yeah. They don't move. (laughs) It doesn't work correctly. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so when I can get out, because I do have three kids, so time is precious (laughs) just to get away. Um, I go when I can, and it's it's a lot of fun. I've gone to the girl and the gun um, three gun match. Yeah, that's right. Okay. A couple years. I think I saw pictures of that. Um, what's really fun that you put in your packages, because when I finally got the package from you for this um, hat and the shirt or the tank top, is that your business card is a target on the back. And then you have something which you call as 25 for 25. So if you order from her or you can actually go down to her website and then download this like little target, um, you can place this business card at 25 yards Take a video of yourself shooting it at 25 yards, and if you hit that bullseye, then or if you hit the card, then she'll give you 25 percent off. And you know you, what? They don't even have to hit, hit the card. Just try and have fun. Because you know what? I tried it and it, it, it didn't happen. So somebody, somebody going through like 50 bucks in ammo, yeah, yeah, ammo just trying just to 25 percent off. Just trying to nick that silly thing. I like it though. I like that. Just I think make them try. That is a lot of fun. I think that somebody should just come out with some big gun, some gigantic rifle, and just blow it to bits. Yeah, that would be fun to watch. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for um, giving uh, our listeners uh, 20% off on your website. Thank you so much for our giveaway. So sign up um, for our newsletter. And, um, yeah, it was nice having you on. And uh, give the kids a hug for me, okay? Definitely. Okay. Thank you, Mary. Right, so Thank you. Order some more business okay. cards. People are going to start shooting the hell out of them. I have a sneaky feeling. Twenty-five <laughs> percent off. Come on. All right. Thanks a lot for calling in. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, folks. We're going to take a quick break. Why? Because this is Gun Owners Radio on FM ninety six one, AM eleven seventy. The answer. There's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on the Answer San Diego.
folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. Blackhound Optic is now a 10-ring partner. Fantastic. Accurate, affordable, guaranteed. Sporting optics that go the distance. Backed by customer service that goes that extra mile. You might remember when Joe reviewed some of their scopes. Great guys, great products, and a great company that is making optics affordable. On top of quality optics, they pay close attention to the customer's experience. Did you know their scopes come with mounts? So you don't have to worry about finding one that fits. We are so excited to welcome them as an official partner of the show. Ask for them at your local gun store or find them online at blackhoundoptics.com. All right, we got a call in? We do. We have a our very special guest. Our next guest is... Uh, He's an example of exactly what San Diego County gun owners and, and uh, Orange County gun owners and Riverside County gun owners and San Bernardino County gun owners uh, is designed to do. He's, he's a perfect example. Uh, our goal, what we're trying to do, is get the right people elected, and we're trying to get them elected on local city councils so that they have a voice and that they can be your Second Amendment voice and that they can influence uh, who else runs. So, you know, when someone runs for uh, Congress or senator or whatever they run for higher office first thing they do is they go around in their district and they try to get city council members and mayors to be on their side and say hey i endorse this person so the city council members are truly the workhorses of the political environment in uh, in california so riverside county gun owners has a fantastic board member named pastor brian hawkins he ran for and won a seat on the san jacinto city council so we had him and we've heard from him before he's a fantastic guy he's a great interview um and we're having him back on here today to uh, talk about his success and congratulations pastor brian how are you man i'm doing well thank you thank you for having me on here congratulations how does it feel uh you know there's a there's a great feeling um kind of like goes with uh you know sports that individual championship but you know, looking at the election result, it wasn't the idea I was hoping that it would turn out for. But, um, you know, like you said in the introduction, which I appreciate, thank you for the introduction. Uh, I do believe the city council position is really critical, very important. I think a lot of people probably overlook it because they're looking at D.C. But, yes, uh, I look at city council as a grassroots, connecting to the community, talking to the people every day. And so it's, it's a great feeling. Yeah, and, we, and you're a board member for Riverside County Gun Owners. That's a, a, a growing organization. You guys are doing a fantastic job in Riverside. Certainly don't want to overstate the, uh, the the role they played, but they were extremely proud to endorse you and, and tell their members and supporters and followers uh, to vote for you. But uh, you're the one that made the decision and said, hey, you know what, I'm going to run, I'm going to step up and do this. Uh, what was the catalyst? What made you finally decide, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing my hat in the ring or – um, is that the right cliche? Do you, th- do you throw your hat in the ring? You can yeah, throw, a hat in the ring. throw the hat in the ring and say, "Hey, I'm running for office." What what made you make that decision? Uh, 2020. Uh, everything about the the narrative of 2020, um, systemic racism, you know, the movement, you know, the anti law enforcement. I mean, just it was just an. I mean, I took off the last time I talk, spoke with you, but I drove to D.C. and. I realized that, you know, people love patriots in this country, people who love people in this country, in America. And I, I just think that there's a, a lack of representation of people who really love 
America. Uh, and that right there was probably one of my biggest reasons running. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get away from the narrative of identifying myself as African-American. As a matter of fact, when I was in Los Angeles a few weeks ago, I said I want to start identifying myself as a patriot. Uh, but that that was, you know, one of the biggest reasons why I ran, uh, simply because of the narrative. I wanted to challenge every argument that was made by the media last year. And, and that's what my campaign was built on. So what was it like running running for office? This is the first time you've ever done it. You jumped in with both feet. Uh, you know, you got some folks around you that uh, that helped you uh, uh, become successful in, in running for office. What was it like for someone who's never run for office before, if they're listening right now and they're thinking to themselves, I can't do that. I can never run for office. And gee, I don't know. What would, what, you know, tell them what, what, what was it actually like being a candidate? Well, it, I mean, it definitely had, a, you know, the good thing about it is I didn't experience some of the negative ads because one of the things I did do myself is I ran my own negative ads, uh, kind of like, you know, Eminem from the movie Eight Miles at the end. I, I, I said everything negative about me. And, and then left it to anybody else like, you you know, so, um, you know, I, I would say this, you know, start running before you start running. The worst thing you could do is be someone that decides that I want to make a difference, but you've never really involved yourself in any kind of community activity. Like I involved myself with the Salvation Army, the Chamber of Commerce, different other churches. I sit on the Interface Council. I work with local law enforcement. You know, I did the swearing. I uh, actually did the prayer invocation at Chad Bianco's um, swearing ceremony when he was elected. And so just being involved, uh, the process, you know, it's it's definitely fun getting out, talking to people, hearing people's concerns, uh, talking to individuals. One of the one of the best things I heard was, wow, you're the first candidate that's ever come to my door. Hmm. And that made me feel really good to know that people like, you know, been waiting just to hear from someone who wants to represent them. I say, hey, how can you speak for someone you've never met? Yeah, and I, I really do think it's important for uh, – there are a lot of – it's really hard to get people to run, and there are a lot of really good qualified people out there that should be running for office. Um, and I, you know, I think we should encourage far more people to run, especially for local offices. But I also – don't want to encourage people to make a mistake. You know, it, uh, you know, you were talking about, uh, negative, uh, ads and that sort of thing. And, you know, there's a lot of things you got to do and you can't just decide, okay, today's the day I, I, I run and then expect everybody to vote for you. You have to build a foundation. You have to have a track record. And it sounds like that's what you're saying is, Hey, get involved in the community, show the community, Hey, I, I can make a difference. I can be a leader. I can roll up my sleeves and, and do the hard work. I'm, I'm not just a guy, you know, full of opinions. Cause I think people think, well, gee, I, I have the, the very best opinions, you know, that anybody has in the whole County. And once people hear my opinions, then, then you know, they're the, you know, the red sea is going to part and we're all going to says no, my, says mayor Mike. Sea, yeah. yeah. That's, that's not how it works. You, you, you got to uh, roll up your sleeves and uh, you know, you have to get out there and, and be involved in the community. And you did a fantastic job with that. Pastor Brian. Absolutely. And, and like you, 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 and it's funny because people still call me Pastor Brian more than Councilman Brian, you know, which I'm totally fine with. I love being called Pastor because it just reminds people that I am a servant and I do answer to God. Um, but here's the thing, too. The campaign doesn't stop the day you get elected. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes a lot of politicians make. They show up around campaign season and they disappear, you know, during the off season. And, and 
soon as I got elected, I literally went in the next day, you know, before I even got sworn in, I started making, you know, plans. We did a huge toy drive for the community. We gave out a thousand toys at the park. You know, we set up to do a cleanup every third Saturday. You know, I reached out to various different church organizations to get them involved, you know, set up a plan to work, which had to clean the homeless. You know, I contacted the police department, the probation department to really say, hey, you know, now that I won, let's get the work done. Like the election is over. The process is over. You know, now let me do what I was elected for the next four years to do. You know, and uh, Pastor Brian, this is Joe. Um, you know, you are exactly the kind of politician that we were talking about earlier in the last segment in the article that, that I was writing and talking about. And you're exactly what this country needs right now. And, and thank you so much for getting involved. And God bless you. Look at that. Joe doesn't, yeah, Joe doesn't have a good word to say about any politician. So that yeah, you, you earned that, Pastor yeah, Brian. You I'm earned impressed. it. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Well, you know, because the thing is, I didn't run, and I heard you say the opinion of uh, Mayor Mike. I, I didn't run with my own opinion. That was one of my first things. Like, somebody's like, oh, what's your platform? I said, I hadn't talked to enough people in the community to build a platform. Yeah, of course, I can look around and see all the things that are wrong, but not everybody sees the same things. And what's affecting me and my children and my household the same as my neighbors or the neighboring city, you know, areas around my city. And so I got to know everybody and I found out, yeah, everybody has a different issue. Mm. Not everybody sees the homeless problem. Not everybody sees the, the drugs or the gangs. Some people, you know, stop signs was one of their things. Speeding was one of their biggest issues, like, you know, navigating between individuals' needs. But, you know, I think that if politicians stick to the people, you, 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 you'll be all right. You know, I learned that lesson. I, I went on vacation in Alaska right before the 2012 election, and I was asking everybody on the ground what they thought of Sarah Palin, who was, of okay. course, the, the governor up there. And it was so funny. Not one of them mentioned, you know, guns or abortion or immigration. It was all these local issues. Well, you know, we used to receive, uh, you know, our checks from the government this way, and, and, and now we receive it that way. And, well, she, she used to, you know, have uh, – when she was governor, she changed the location of the of where the legislature met and the schedule and calendar, and that messed me up because I make sandwiches and, you know, they come and that's – it these really, really local issues, you know, they didn't – not one person talked about any of the, the major big things mm -hmm. that uh, – so it was always very interesting. Okay, 2021, we're at the beginning of the year. Pastor Brian, what is your priority for, for the city – um, what would you like to see get done? Uh, what are your plans? Well, the good thing about it is our last three council meetings, we've already gotten a lot done. I mean, our first thing, we bought two new fire trucks for our cow fires because we've been um, borrowing trucks from Cherry Valley. So we were finally able to secure because of a Measure V that was passed. And so that was the first thing. The second meeting, we were able to um, uh, put an annex tax on new business development. So we have a shopping center that's going to come and revitalize our economics and our community. In our third meeting, we were able to vote on, which I love the most, because we were able to give money to a lot of small local businesses in the area, you know, without having to worry about waiting on stimulus or anything like that. You know, we were able to help it affect. Uh, and so my biggest thing right now um, is community engagement, you know, inspiring individuals' confidence back in politics. Um, you know, the voter registration, uh, trying to really build that up uh, and try to really encourage a community, you know, to build up, you know, a city to where people really, you know, enjoy living here. San Jacinto doesn't really get the best, 
you know, <laughs> reputation and, you know, as far as one of those cities you want to flock to. But it's growing. We have a lot of new business developments, a lot of new homes being built. Uh, we have a great council staff uh, that is going. Our mayor, uh, Ledesma, and our mayor pro tem, uh, Crystal Ruiz, is doing a great job leading us and, you know, position us, you know, for great things. And so uh, we're going to fight our homeless problem. That was one of the agendas that I asked uh, to put on uh, last week at our meeting uh, so we're going to work on our homeless problem and building something for our youth because we have a lot of youth in our area, in our community that is now starting to not have outlets. And, you know, I grew up in San Diego, and so I know what absence of good outlets can do for, you know, the youth. And so I definitely want to tackle that. All right, Pastor Brian, congratulations again. Uh, very, very thankful for your leadership on the city level and your leadership with Riverside County Gun Owners and uh, thank you so much for joining us and, and doing what you do, man. You're doing an excellent job, and I can't thank you enough. Thank you, sir, and I appreciate your time. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, folks. Up. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM Folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, our show needs your help. We live in a state where your self-defense rights are quickly, and I mean quickly, eroding. Let us be your voice to help defend and restore the Second Amendment. Help spread the word about the fight. There's two easy things you can do. Like and subscribe to the show on YouTube, Facebook, Parlor. When it's back online, that is. Spotify, the podcast, or whatever way you like to listen to our show. Share the show with as many friends as you can, please. And thanks for tuning in. And don't forget, together we will win. All right. Yeah. So you're going to do the stump or you want me to do it? Uh, What's her name here is going to do it? What's her name? Thanks, Mike. (laughs) Melissa. Thanks, Mike. I'm gone for a little bit and they forget my name. I see how it is. Glockadot or whatever (laughs) is going to do it. Hi, Sam. Hi, how are you? Good. So question. You ready? Yeah, let's have it. Who's it from? It's from Melanie from San Ysidro. So your question is, if a customer walked into your shop and asked for an eight-round clip for his gun, would you throw him out because it's called a magazine? Or what kind of gun could you safely assume he owns? Oh. An M1, but realistically, (laughs) and asking for a clip are... Not M1 owners. All right, so explain that. So they're basically, it looks like Melanie from San Ysidro was, was by the way, thank you so much, Melanie, for the uh, uh, for the question we're no going to send for you. you. Yeah, we're, yeah, well, we're, we're going to send you a lot to talk about here. Yeah. Um, for, for those of you who don't know, or, or for those of you who uh, are, are now too afraid to ask, um, a magazine and a clip are different things. In in short, basically, a magazine is, well, they're, they're both containers that hold ammunition for feeding into the firearm. A magazine generally contains its own spring, whereas a clip is just a flat piece of metal or occasionally plastic, but usually metal, that holds the cartridges so that they can be fed by the magazine into the action. So something that's clip-fed, like a Mauser or a Springfield or... 
uh, an M1, to, to use the example, they have an internal magazine. You just feed the magazine with a clip. In some cases, like the Mauser and actions like it, you put the clip on top of the receiver and push the cartridges in like that, then discard the clip. But uh, some rifles like uh, Manlickers, Carcanos, uh, M1s use what's called an N-block clip, which is inserted directly into the magazine and ejected when it's uh, empty. And you get to hear that ping. Yep. Correct. So that's awesome. Now, one thing I think that you uh, – well, one thing. You always, you always nail it. But one of the things that I think a lot of people um, have a hard time explaining – we all know the difference between a magazine and a clip – but you just nailed it when you said that uh, you know it's got an internal magazine. Every gun, every gun has a magazine. It's just whether or not that magazine is removable or not. So even a like a bolt action hunting rifle where you you, you load them in individually, that still has a magazine. It's just mm-hmm. an internal magazine. So one way I explain it, and Sam, you know, correct me if if this isn't the best way to explain it, but I tell everybody that a magazine is where the ammo is stored. A clip is used to get that ammunition into that magazine yeah that's one way of putting it because they because they has you know so the 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 grand has a magazine and it's and it's and it holds eight rounds of ammo it's just not detachable it doesn't have a detachable magazine it's It's not external right even on like a ship you know you were on a ship weren't you i was on a submarine we call them boats you're on a boat sorry (laughs) sorry uh but on a when 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 you talk to other people who are on ships in the navy i've, I've been on ships <laughs> the, ma- the magazine was the area where they'd uh, store the ammunition right right yeah so so that's that's just the area so uh that's you know it's funny we, like i said we all know the difference between a magazine and a clip but when you ask somebody all right well, we'll explain the difference and they kind of go uh how about it, how about it, how about it, yeah and then it, they show it. a picture well this is a magazine and this is a clip and well, it doesn't really no, it didn't answer the question I have a question for you, Sam. Uh-oh. Um, I recently got to shot, um, shoot an M249 saw. Exciting. Are, so, yeah, it was so fun. Um, so what are those little, like, metal pieces called after, like, you know, I, I spend the rounds? What are those things that fall down to the ground? What are those called? When they're all connected together with the rounds inside, they're collectively called a belt. Once they have been ejected from the action, those are called links. The 249 uses what's called a disintegrating link belt, which means that it, it basically falls apart um, as the rounds are being stripped from it inside the action, whereas some other belt-fed machine guns, like um, I think the PKM, uses uh, a, a solid belt, which stays in one piece even after it's been emptied. If anyone has any doubt that... Uh, <laughs> An that encyclopedia, Sam. Yeah, we've had a couple of comments like, "Well, you know, a trivia over the radio—that's kind of like a you know doing a you know a magic a magic trick that you can't see, right?" So you just thought of that, right? Yeah. Yeah, she just thought of that. I don't. Did you even know the answer? No, that's why I asked him. I wanted to know. And boom, he just gave us a little mini dissertation. That so I didn't. There was no. There was no weak link there. I couldn't have fed that to him prior. You know, nothing like that. Because you probably didn't know the answer either. I did, well, I didn't even know the question until <laughs> until she asked me. No, I, I didn't know that answer. Um, I didn't know. Uh, okay, so I have one. Answer. So All Sam, right. the one that's a solid belt, can that be reloaded? Yeah. They used to be during during World War One. They used to be made of cloth, and they were reused many times. Modern modern ones are made of metal. Okay. By the way, I watched a really good army movie with you don't know Richard Widmark, Take the High Ground. I know Richard Widmark, and he was a DJ at uh, Fort Bliss, 
and he went through the M1 like nobody's business. He busted a kid for calling it a gun. He said, it's a rifle. It's not a gun. (laughs) Great, great movie. I thought of you. All right. Well, awesome job, Sam the Gunman. Again, yep. if you if you have a question and you want to try to stump my nephew, if we use your question on the air, we're going to give, send you a hat or a T-shirt, whatever you like. Um, if you if we use your question and you stump my nephew, then we're going to mm-hmm. give you a lifetime of training at Frontsight. We're going to give you a Frontsight membership. Um, I don't think anyone has well, – I think one person may have one, won person. one, but, but – uh, uh, but yeah, awesome job, Sam the Gunman. Always good talking to you. Stump my nephew. Thanks very much for having me on. And I'll be quick about this, but the terminology stuff is important. Um, it, it's helpful. And as a salesman, I feel like part of my job is to educate the customers. So to the rest of you who, who work the sales floor in gun stores, never be afraid to use correct terminology because uh, if if someone gets upset with you, for giving them good, useful information, then they're probably not the kind of person you want to have a gun. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> there you go. Great, great close. Thanks, buddy. Good job, Sam. So that's uh, that's Sam. I'm going to get a bunch of uh, yes, you are gloating uh, texts from him on the way. All right. So mic drop. Mic drop. Mic drop. Over the last few weeks, while most of us were focused on Washington, D.C.'s new president, San Diego elected a new president of their own. I'll bet you weren't even aware. San Diego's city council has nine city council members. San Diego has what's called a strong mayor system, so the mayor doesn't actually participate in the city council meetings. Instead, the meeting agenda is set by, and the meetings are run by, a city council president. That president is a city council member and picked by the rest of the city council. The city council's president is a fairly powerful position as well as being symbolically important. They have all the power of an elected city council member. Plus, they have a lot of say when it comes to deciding what issues the city council will consider. Plus, plus, they tend to be the spokesperson for the city council. San Diego picked for their leader an anti-gun extremist, Dr. Jen Campbell. The Union Tribune praised Jen as a medical doctor for being a, quote, scientist who largely avoided politics, end quote, meaning she's an outsider and she's smarter than the rest of us, of course, Joe. Joe. Having a scientist at the helm of the city council during a pandemic should be a huge advantage and offer valuable level-headed leadership during this time of crisis. After all, she gets it. She's not some heavy-handed political type. So what does Dr. Jen have to say about COVID-19? Play the clip. The county has a rule. No more than 10 can get together. Whether it's in your house, whether it's out here in a park, wherever it is. And by God, that is now the law. And therefore, the county sheriff should be arresting people who aren't wearing masks, who aren't distancing, and who are coming together too strong. Believe me, I have, <laughs> I have, I have heard my constituents. I understand what you're going through. And this is the worst virus in the history of medicine. It's very dangerous. <laughs> Some of you don't believe it, but it's true. Dr. Jen Campbell hears and understands the struggles of her constituents and compassionately demands they be arrested. That's nice. Arresting people who aren't wearing face masks, folks. Amazing just how quickly a political outsider can embrace the power of insider government, isn't it? 
Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I've never played one on TV. I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. But there isn't a sane, rational, knowledgeable person who's making the claim that COVID-19 is the worst virus in the history of medicine. The worst. Okay, it's dangerous. It's serious. People have died. But the worst? (laughs) Ebola's mortality rate can reach 70%. That seems worse. Smallpox has killed over 300 million people. That seems worse. Hell, rabies, if left untreated, is a 100% mortality. That definitely seems worse if you really want to get science Dr. Campbell. Dr. Jen's election to president wasn't without some resistance. The night she was elected president, Jen explained that she understands and sympathizes with activists who are fighting for racial equality because when she was a little girl, she passed out brown band-aids to her African-American friends. That's true. You cannot make this stuff up. Needless to say, she was skewered for equating the entire experience of being black in America to not having the right color band-aids, so much so, so that there's now a recall effort started by her former city council colleague and fellow anti-Democrat Barbara Bree. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm proud of both of those facts. Uh, but uh, there's a real problem going down. It is a circle, circular firing squad, and right now she needs to figure out what color of gauze she needs for her political wounds stat. Absolutely. Mic drop. Freedom. Mic drop. <laughs> all right, folks. Hey, we want to thank all our sponsors, San Diego County Gun Owners, U.S. Law Shield, Cali Key, the Dillon Law Group, Seal One, PRMI Mortgage, Blackhound Optics, and National Concealed Carry Association. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit like, hit uh, share, give it to all your friends. Thanks to Michael Schwartz, Joe Jamisi, Sam the Gunman, Brendan Thomas, and Melissa Lee. Right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.